You won't receive the benefits and the blessings of the kingdom until you press in, until you earnestly seek with all your heart. God is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Welcome to Light Words with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. We're so glad to have you on the podcast with us. Pastor Scott is joined with his wife, Marilyn, and daughter, Corey. And you want to make sure you listen to the whole message because near the end, Pastor Scott is going to highlight five things that will express God's power and presence in your life. Enjoy. All right, Corey, praise God. Let's read Psalm. This is the words of King David. Psalm 63, 1 and 2. Okay, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. So, Psalm 61, I mean 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank and praise you for the word. We pray now, Lord, that you would anoint this broadcast that you would touch every viewer and listener, Lord. Let the anointing of the Spirit come upon them in power and might and blessing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, Jesus spoke much about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which are essentially the same. The term appears more than 80 times in the New Testament. The kingdom of God is the spiritual realm where God rules and reigns. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and what? His, His righteousness. We're to seek that realm where God dwells and reveals himself to us. So many people miss this. They miss the kingdom. And yet we're to seek the kingdom first in our lives. Another way to define the kingdom of God is a power and a presence. The kingdom is where God expresses his power and presence in our lives. His kingdom is the most important thing you can seek in your life. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. Or it is in your spirit and also among you and surrounds you. It's in your heart. It's in your affections. We desire his kingdom as we desire him. Let's read again, David, Psalm 42, 1, 2. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for, for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Then I shall come and appear before God. Can you say that today? Your soul thirsts for God and hungers for God. You say, well, pastor, I'm not there. Well, keep praying. Keep seeking God. God will give you a fervor for him and a desire for him. Let's begin with his presence, which is really his glory manifested. In the Old Testament, it was called the Shekinah glory. Although that word doesn't appear in the Bible, uh, nevertheless, it's the truth. It's the manifest presence of God. We see some references to his glory in the word of God. It first appeared unto Moses in the burning bush. Exodus 3, 2 through 5. <clears throat> Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to him as a blazing fire in a bush. Moses was amazed because the bush was engulfed in flames, but didn't burn up. Amazing, Moses said to himself, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go over and see this. When the Lord saw that he, that he had caught, caught Moses' attention, God called from him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied, do not come any closer, God told him. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Praise God. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses. The angel of the Lord, capital A, is in reference to Jesus himself. And um, Christ, the Theophany, appearing in the Old Testament in human form or in some appearance. And um, here we see 
Jesus appearing to Moses. And Moses said, Whom shall I say shall send me? And God said, I am that I am. Tell him the I am has sent you. Hallelujah. So his presence is a fire. Hebrews says our God is a consuming fire. Wow. Jesus said, or excuse me, John the Baptist said concerning Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit with fire. God's presence is also a cloud or shimmering mist. It first appeared in the wilderness as they traveled, Exodus 16.10. Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says it was a cloud by day and a fire by night. A pillar of cloud by day and a fire, a scorching fire by night. Let's read Exodus 13, 21 through 22. The Lord guided them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. The, that way the cloud could travel whether it was day or night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of the cloud or the pillar of fire from their sight. Praise God. We then see this presence manifested at Mount Sinai as the glory of God covered the Mount of God, Exodus 24, 15 through 17. Okay. Then Moses went up into the mountain in the cloud and <clears throat> covered it, and the glorious presence of the Lord rested upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from the cloud. The Israelites at, at the foot of the mountain saw an awesome sight. The awesome glory of the Lord on the mountaintop looked like a devouring fire. Then Moses disappeared into the cloud as he climbed higher up the mountain. He stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Wow, Moses disappeared into the cloud, the cloud of glory. Praise God. The glory appeared to Moses up on the mountain for 40 days and nights as Moses was fasting before the Lord to receive the law, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. His face shone with this glory so that the people couldn't look at him because of the glory. His face had to be veiled or covered because the children of Israel could not look upon this glory and live. God had said his presence would go with them, Exodus 33:14. And he said, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. At one point, Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, I'm not going. <laughs> we have to have your presence, Lord. And that's what we should desire, guys, in our life, the very presence of the Lord. Then Moses said to the Lord, show me your glory. Wow. That's a great prayer. Lord, reveal your glory to me. Let's look at Exodus 33, 18 through 23. Okay. And then Moses had one more request. Please let me see your glorious presence, he said. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out, I will call out my name, the Lord, to you. I will show kindness to anyone I choose, and I will show mercy to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Stand here on this rock beside me. Put you, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed. Then I will remove my hand and you will see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. You see, really God's glory is his goodness. And there's no one good alone except God himself. Praise God. When you encounter the glory of God, you encounter his goodness in your life. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. God's glory is the essence of his nature and who he is. The glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness and character. I don't think we quite understand the holiness of God. When God reveals his glory, we get a glimpse of who he really is and how awesome and all-consuming he is. The glory of God is the face of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 
and 7. Um, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure on earth and vessels with the excellence of the power that may be of God and not of us. The glory is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. The Bible says one day we will see him face to face, for we shall be like him. Hallelujah. Later we see this glory manifested in Solomon's temple in 1 Kings 8. 10 to 11. As the priests came out of the inner sanctuary, a cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their work because the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. And in the old King James, it says they couldn't stand to minister. They literally fell over in the presence of the Lord and the glory of God in the Shekinah glory that was manifested. In the New Testament, Jesus manifested his glory in his healing and miracle ministry. The first miracle Jesus ever committed or performed was he turned water into wine and his glory <clears throat> excuse me was first revealed i have seen this shekinah glory i was praying with a friend of mine in college and as we opened our eyes there was a shimmering mist in our car and we knew it was the glory of god appearing to us i believe that glory is going to come again upon the body of christ now i had an experience with his presence when i was filled with the holy spirit the Holy Spirit fell on me like warm oil and rolled down my whole body and filled me up with his power and presence. And after I had that experience with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, by the way, if you haven't been filled, ask God to fill you with his Spirit, and he will, praise God, to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power. And I remember lifting my hands before the Lord and feeling his presence all around me. You know, for so long, God, it seemed like he was somewhere out there in the universe, you know. But once I was filled with the Holy Spirit, his nearness came close to me. His presence came upon me. And God made a habitation and dwelled with me. And it's been that way ever since. That is experiencing the presence of God. I believe we're going to see this glory revealed in a dramatic way to the church. As God pours out his spirit once again in these last days, it's coming very soon. So prepare yourself for the glory. Now let's look at the other part of God's kingdom, his power. Catherine Coleman, the great healing evangelist during the 60s and 70s, said, If you find his power, you'll find his treasure. The power is the hand of God moving amongst us. God hides his power in his hands. Now that's an anthropomorphic term. It's a way to describe in human terms God. God doesn't take on a physical form. He's spirit. But it's a way to describe him. Let's look at Habakkuk 3.4. His brightness was like the light he had rays flashing from his hand, and there his power was hidden. So his power is hidden in his hands. I remember after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I began to feel God's power in my hands. You say, Pastor, what's the point of that? We're to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We're to impart the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. Power is transmitted through hands. Jesus laid hands on so many people. The apostles did mighty wonders and miracles through their hands. Now, there's two words to describe power in the New Testament. Dunamis and exousia. Everybody say that. Dunamis and exousia. Dunamis is miracle power or miraculous power. Exousia is delegated authority or power. Let me give you an example. If the traffic gets stopped up, sometimes a police officer will show up and he'll begin to direct traffic. And um, if he stood out in front of those cars, they'd run him over. Even if he put up the stop sign, they could run him over, right? Um, but because of his delegated authority, they stop. And if they don't stop, they're going to be arrested. 
So that's delegated authority, exousia. We have authority over the enemy in our life. We have authority over sickness and disease. We have authority over death and the work of the enemy of darkness. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Luke ten nineteen. And I've given you authority over all power of the enemy so you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. So we've been given all authority and nothing shall by any means hurt us. We have delegated authority over the enemy, but you've got to exercise that authority in your life. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The power to bind and loose. Bind the enemy and loose the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've always thirsted and hungered for his presence and power in my life, and I continue to do that. We must seize the kingdom, guys. The kingdom must be pressed in upon. You won't receive the benefits and the blessings of the kingdom until you press in, until you earnestly seek with all your heart. God is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So really, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And we have to press in and take that which is rightfully ours. God's power is really shaking. His moving amongst us. In the early church, where they were all assembled, the whole place was shaken. And they were filled once again with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Hebrews 13:26. Oh, 12:26. excuse me. When God spoke from the mount from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes his sorry. But now he makes another promise. Once again I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. God is going to shake the earth again. One more time. In this tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit before the coming of the Lord. We're going to be like John the Baptist. The spirit of uh, the Elijah will rest upon the church as we usher in this great move of God. And we see millions of people come to Christ. Praise God. You know, we began our church down here in Laguna Niguel 10 years ago. And um, God sent us down here from L.A. County to Orange County. <laughs> There's L.A. County. Here we are in Orange County. For a purpose and a plan to minister according to his power and his presence. And when we started the church, right before we started, we started on an Easter Sunday. Uh, we went to a convention and there they prayed for us. And we were live via satellite all around the world. We didn't know what was going to happen. We were holding hands and the pastor was praying for us. And the Spirit of God came upon me in mighty power and I began to shake violently. I knew it was the power of God shaking me. And um, a lot of people didn't understand what was happening. It was like riding a bronchin uh, horse. A horse just bronchin you and bucking you and, or a bull. And uh, I was shooken, shooken, shaken very hard under the power of God, but I knew it was God, almost to the point of falling down. And God upped the power and anointing in my life through this shaking. And God is going to shake the earth once again. Well, let's look at five things that will express God's presence and power in our life. Number one, God's presence is fullness of joy, strength, and pleasure. First Chronicles 16, 27. Honors and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Everybody say that strength and gladness are in his place. The more you get into his presence, the more strength you have in your life. The more gladness you have in joy. Praise God. Number two, when we enter his presence, we begin to worship and experience true joy. Do you want joy in your life? Yes. Fullness of joy. You know, the world can't really give you joy. It can't even really give you true happiness. It's only found in Christ and his kingdom. Let's look at Psalm 95.2. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Let us sing him psalms of praise. You know, worship is an important part of 
the Christian community, the Church of Jesus Christ. In this new move of God, worship is going to be fundamental and a high priority as we worship the Lord, as we sing, as we clap, as we dance, as we fall down before him uh, and lift up his name. The joy of the Lord is going to come upon us. I've experienced that joy of the Lord many times in my life, and uh, it's a joy you cannot explain. The, Peter said, a joy inexpressible and full of glory. Number three, we need to be filled with his power. The power of God is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We talk about that anointing. That's his power. We all need the anointing of the Spirit upon us. Let's look at Luke 24, 49. Behold, I will send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Until you are clothed with power from on high. You know, the early church, Jesus said, go and wait. Sometimes God is telling us to wait and be patient. But he said, wait until you be clothed with power from on high, and then you'll be my witnesses. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the remotest part of the world. It's a cloak or a mantle of miracle-working power. Number four, we need to see the day of his power or moving in the earth. We need to seek that. Only his power will change this world. Psalm 110.3, in the day of battle, your people will serve you willingly, arrayed in holy garments. Your vigor will be renewed each day, like nothing, like the morning dew. In the King James, it says, or the New King James, in the day of his power, the day of his power, it's coming. God's going to pour out power in the earth. You know, David wanted to see power manifested in the sanctuary or in the church. We're going to see his power revealed in dramatic signs and wonders in the church and stadiums filled with people hungry and thirsting after the presence of God and the glory of God, falling down before him and worshiping him, and people tumbling into the kingdom. Hallelujah. And number five, the fifth way to experience his presence and power, the kingdom of God does not consist in word, but power. You know, we have some fancy preachers today who preach a nice message, but is there power behind their words? Paul said, I preached with power, great power. Let's read 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith, not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The only thing that's going to change a person's life is God's power manifested and revealed to them. Let's look at 419. Still, we're in 1 Corinthians. But I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, and I will know, not the word of those who are puffed up, but in the power. Amen. Paul said, I'll judge the preaching by the power, and the power brings the results. Praise God. Guys, let's pray for his power and presence to come upon us. If you seek for me with all your heart, the Lord says you'll find me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the word of God. We thank you for the power and presence of God. Now we pray for those around the world, in Africa and China and in Europe and Australia, all around the world, in America, South America, people are listening and hungering for God. But today you need Christ if you've never been born again. Jesus said you must be born again. If that's you today, why don't you invite Jesus into your life? He'll come in if you pray a sincere prayer. Pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that your blood has cleansed me of my sins. I now ask you to be my personal Lord and Savior. I receive you now into my life. 
I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll love you. I'll worship you and praise you and live for you. In your name, I pray. And for you believers, Christians, you've slidden away from God. You're backslidden. You need to rededicate your life to Christ. Sometimes you've got to make a rededication. You've got to recommit. If that's you today, recommit your life to Christ. Today's a good day. It's better than any day. Today's the day of salvation. Recommit yourself to Christ. You're a Christian. If you died today, you'd be in heaven, but you need to get close to God again. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to get close again. I want to love you like I once did. I want to experience that joy in my life, that peace, that happiness, that desire for your kingdom, and to be used of you, Lord. Come near to me, Lord, and I'll worship you and praise you and live for you the rest of my life. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Praise God. I hope you prayed those prayers. Hallelujah. Guys, you need the peace of God. And the peace of God is manifesting right now as I'm preaching. And I bet you can feel his peace right now. Praise God. That will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. His power and presence will change us forever, guys. Let's keep seeking his power and presence until we obtain it. Reach out and be filled and be touched. We'll see you this week for my mini broadcast. Blessings to you. Thank you for listening to Light Words with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. You can watch the live broadcast every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at LN Lighthouse. Blessings, and we'll see you next time.